This show was recorded before the coronavirus outbreak led to recent changes in work practice and social distancing. The Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to The Leadership File, bringing you conversations with leaders and experts on leadership themes. I'm Andy Peck, your host, uh, thanking you for joining us. It is said that it's the job of the leader to define reality for the organisation they serve. There are a myriad of needs that could be addressed, but what is your particular church or charity or organisation tackling? Well, this week we're looking at mental health issues with two colleagues from Waverley Abbey College, a college with courses training a generation of counsellors to meet those very challenges, amongst other things. Bob Stradling uh, trained initially as an accountant before moving into lecturing. He has taught at a number of universities before becoming the head of the business school at Inverness College, part of the University of the Highlands and Islands. He was then asked to be part of the team that relaunched Springdale College, now for mission, before becoming college director at Waverley Abbey College. Uh, Heather Churchill is the programme leader for the BA Ons in counselling at Waverley Abbey College and has many years of experience as a trainer, counsellor and supervisor and is a registered senior accredited counsellor stroke psychotherapist with the British Association and is a registered accredited counsellor and supervisor with the Association of Christian uh, Counsellors. So welcome guys to the Leadership File. Hi. Hi, thank you, Andy. Uh, so the charity Mind believes approximately one in four people in the UK will experience a mental health problem each year. Uh, in England, one in six people report experiencing a common mental health problem such as anxiety and depression in any given week. So even given the challenge of finding accurate information, this still represents an enormous challenge. And aside from enormous personal pain, it represents a loss of millions to the economy in reduced performance and sick leave. By the end of the show, you will be hopefully challenged to consider mental health as part of the reality of your experience. So, so Bob, let's start with you first. You've been reflecting on the way in that adverse childhood experiences have an impact on communities. Yes, uh, Andy, I have. Um, and I think, we, first of all, uh, it's good to unpack what we mean by uh, an adverse childhood experiences. Uh, this is research that initiated in the United States in California where people were trying to identify why some people were, were more prone to mental health issues than others. And uh, the researchers found that there were 10 factors that um, where, where a if a child was exposed to these, that in later life they would potentially suffer more from mental ill health. And, and that research has been taken and replicated in other parts of the United States and then in other parts of the world. And... Basically, every time it's, the research is, is looked at again, it, it reaffirms mm. that, that these 10 items are very significant. And I, I imagine if I asked the listeners to sort of think of 10 things that would be bad to happen for a child, they could write most of these down. So it, it's things like uh, abuse of a child, so whether that's physical abuse, uh, emotional abuse or, or sexual abuse, um, whether it's neglect, and again, physical or emotional neglect, uh, seeing uh, domestic violence, seeing parents fighting or hitting each other, um, seeing family members misusing uh, drugs or alcohol in the family, you know, seeing your parents drunk on a regular basis. Um, again, having other people with mental illness in the family, um, 
family breakup, you know, the family separating, uh, you know, is a, 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 another one of these. And the final tenth one was actually a, a, a family member being sent to jail, being incarcerated. And no, not, nobody would want any of these things to happen if, if we if we could. But what the research found was that where uh, a child had experienced four of these then they were statistically more likely to suffer from mental ill health in late childhood. But more than that, it wasn't just about mental health, it was the fact they were also more likely to enter the criminal justice system. And we know, again, from the, the research that so many people in prisons have mm. mental health issues. Uh, but the final one was that they were more likely to die young uh, from a whole range of different causes of uh, caused partly by the environment they, they lived in, but, but these were all contributory factors. And, uh, you know, this is a really significant thing. Now, I think it, you just, I just also need to say here as a word of caution, uh, I don't want people rushing going, I, I've had four or five of these, I'm, I'm bound to, uh, because it, it, it's looking at the broad statistics of a big population. And somebody may never have suffered any of these but still have mental ill health in uh, later life. So it's, it's not a, if you have, any, have these, it will happen. It just means it's more likely to happen. Um, and again, somebody could face eight, nine or all 10 of them and somehow through the grace of God uh, be uh, fine. Uh, you know, or, or learn to deal with those issues. Mm. But I think, you know, if you had all 10 of those, I, I think uh, you'd find there, there were issues. And, and Heather, you have specialism in helping adults who have faced abuse during childhood as part of your counselling work. Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing that I'd want to say is that, that we don't need to let our childhoods necessarily define us in adulthood. There is, there's a lot of hope. Sometimes when you listen to the adverse childhood experiences and you read some of the research, there there's a sort of a bit of a doom and gloom of to well that's it then mm. and and i want to i want to really proclaim almost very loudly that that is not it that actually there's hope there's healing that can be found um through really good pastoral care or counseling for people that have experienced um and i and i can say that over in 20 years as a psychotherapist I've actually seen that in the counselling room time and time and time again, where people have had really seriously abused childhoods that have gone on to been, you know, amazing um, and have had a recovery and some healing. So I, I want to sort of inject a, a high level of hope into it. But I also want to acknowledge what Bob has just said, how important it is for us to recognise as a church particularly that people come into the church, they come to faith, they don't come to faith in a vacuum. They bring all of their background and the difficulties that they've experienced in childhood with them. And it seems as if God sometimes, um, obviously some, he can intervene immediately and, and yes. everything well, but, but also he uses the process of, of counselling, of talking, so that people own their situation and, yes. and can move on. Yeah, I, I think there is no... The, the more I've witnessed healing for people, I realise how there is no uh, defined um, way of saying this is how God is going to bring healing. He'll bring healing 
uh, through whatever way he decides he wants to bring healing. And I, I think sometimes people can have a one-off experience with God that brings amazing healing. Mm. But for others, for many others, it's generally more a process where they're, they're talking and being loved and listened to and understood, whether that be pastoral care or counselling, that mm. that brings the healing. Yeah, I think um, one of the issues is that uh, people don't know when they come to faith, they often don't understand um, the baggage no, or even no, mm. people have not yet come to faith. They don't understand the baggage they bring with them. Mm. Um, so, for instance, uh, the church I attend in South Birmingham, uh, the pastors uh, spent a little bit of time as no, talking with people as they came into the church and, and recognised that actually most of the people coming from the area where the church is based had suffered eight or more of these adverse childhood experiences. Wow. Mm. Now, that impacts how people behave, yeah. how what they think is acceptable. So, so, of course, if you've come from an environment where, um, you know, physical abuse is done on a daily basis then you don't think anything about it. You yeah. think it's normal. There's a normalisation yeah. of what is wrong. Uh, and that is one of the problems that we have. Uh, and uh, um, we had, had one young lady uh, in the church, but she has three different children, three, sorry, three children by three different partners. And she was about to enter into another relationship. Um, and the pastors went, well, do you know it's not normal in a Christian, no, now you're a yes. Christian, to, to sleep with the first person that comes along. And... No knowledge of this. No, sure. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, these are the, the sorts of issues that uh, we can face in, in, in the world because, you know, you've got these broken people. I mean, we're all broken, you know, mm. we're, we're all broken in different ways, um, but who we don't, we don't recognise the extent of our brokenness. Yeah, mm. or recognise the extent of the damage that some people have walked through. I think if you haven't had adverse childhood experiences and you're in the church... Some people can, can just don't understand the struggles, the mental health difficulties and issues and struggles that people can go through. So, so Heather, in your experience, um, are these kind of issues that people bring to the counselling room or are they things that, areas that kind of come out when yeah. someone has maybe being counselled another time? Yeah, I mean, they very well, particularly if it's really serious abuse in childhood or sexual abuse in childhood, it very rarely comes out on the first right. first session. And, and that's understandable, really, because that person wasn't able to develop a level of trust in childhood. Yes. And so it's going to take some time for them to be able to trust the counsellor mm. in, in the counselling room. So sometimes someone might not disclose that they've been abused in childhood 15, 20 sessions in right. uh, until they really are able to trust that person. It's, it's interesting, Bob, you mentioned the pastor. Just, I would suspect was quite unusual for people to reveal that. Um no, uh, not not, <laughs> not, not, not not in that case, not with no. that person. Mm. Um, but but their their story was actually far more traumatic than yes. they, they'd actually. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I well, it's, it is actually a shocking story. Sure, I don't, well, you, yeah. you don't need to go to details, uh, but, but I was just interested yeah, that no, someone um, was prepared to disclose but, that. Yeah. But again, I think the, the the interesting thing was actually the pastors became aware of the adverse childhood experiences because uh, one of the local GPs uh, who uh, took. Found, no, discovered no the research and took an interest in it and brought it to the church leadership. 
and, and they saw it as a really helpful uh, piece. And, and then the pastors re also recognised that you know there is there are there is also and you know if you like uh, separate from this, recognising that actually another form of abuse abuse could have been spiritual abuse. Right. And so, um, and, I, and I don't think, you know, these researchers, when they did it, would have had that in their mindset because, you know, most psychological uh, frameworks don't have a, a spiritual dy no, aspect to it. We work from a Christian worldview. We, we bring the spiritual into it. Uh, we don't just work uh, with the emotional and, 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 and psychological side. And, um, and I think, you know, also recognising that people could have been abused uh, spiritually and I, uh, not using that term in the in the terms of spiritual abuse in the church but through uh, exposure to occult practice for instance could have been quite a damaging thing and again could could bring uh, no issues later on we're listening to the leadership file with me andy peck i'm joined this week by bob straddling and heather church who we're looking at mental health and we'll be back just after this Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Bob Stradling. Bob is the director of Waverley Abbey College, whose uh, offerings include counselling underpinned by a Christian worldview uh, at an undergraduate and postgraduate level, and Heather Churchill, who's uh, the programme leader for the BA Honours in counselling at Waverley Abbey College and who has particular experience uh, in, in helping folk who've, uh, adults who've faced uh, abuse during childhood. And we're talking about this whole issue of of uh, mental health and uh, the challenges that that uh, uh, brings to, to individuals and particularly those some who en enter our churches and perhaps have a um, uh, whose background is, is massively going to be affecting their their outlook and their and their behavior perhaps we could uh, move a little bit towards the leadership dimension of all this um, Simon Walker has written about his own uh, breakdown when serving as a vicar which led him to leave the priesthood, um, seeking to understand why this led him to examine his own childhood. And he says that in working with over 200 leaders, he has never met a leader whose leadership style is not affected by their personal development. So I'm, I imagine you'll be supportive of a Christian leader willing to do this kind of work for themselves. I think one of the things that... Um... I think one of the, the difficulties, and I'm not sure whether it's the British culture that we live in or whether it's just a general thing, but when people have mental health difficulties, whether that's anxiety, depression, struggles with shame, eating disorders, whatever it is, we, in a sense, want to find healing without being vulnerable. Mm. But you don't find healing in that way. You find healing through being vulnerable, whether that's through being vulnerable with pastoral carer or a, a church minister or a counsellor. But that's where the healing comes from. It, it's almost as though the damage in childhood was done in relationship and the healing in adult life comes through relationship and being loved by, by others. I think that's why, in a sense, Alcoholics Anonymous has had so much success because they're a group where <clears throat> the person, excuse me, the person is loved and accepted and encouraged and yet still... Uh, encouraged to face up to the responsibility of what they're doing. And I think that's really important for us as Christians, which is why we, as, as a college, deliver so many counselling programmes, programmes for pastoral care, um, uh, on our spiritual formation course, chaplaincy, etc., at higher education level, 
to help people become equipped to help others uh, for exactly the same reason that you've just disclosed about that church minister. How, how can we help that person mm. to become, in a sense, who all God's called him to be in, in, in the ministry that he is called to? Yeah. The, um, Simon has been a, a guest. He's written a book called The Undefended Leader, so he's, mm. his story's in public knowledge. I wasn't disclosing anything yes. that, that shouldn't yeah. be. But, uh, but certainly it was, it was an eye-opener to me as, as, a, you know, as an interviewer that, that he would make that comment in terms of counselling yes. uh, a number of leaders. Um, maybe I could ask the question particularly to you, Heather, that, that um, you know, we, we haven't looked in detail in this uh, show about um, about what counselling is. That's we've we've already uh, recorded a show. You can go back into the archives if if, if folk are interested. But um, clearly, looking at adverse childhood experiences is has an element of specialism to it. So, um, if if a, if a church leader comes across this kind of thing, uh, there are some do's and don'ts that yeah. that, that would be wise for them. I think, um, as we discussed in the other programme, I think throwing scripture verses to someone doesn't actually help. I think coming alongside them, really listening, understanding, loving, um, praying with them, that cannot, that the strength and the power of that cannot be underestimated. Uh, it's interesting in, in counselling research, it's been shown time and time and time again that the the, the healing impact of the therapeutic relationship is what is key to, for someone to find healing. Mm. And that's true of, in pastoral care or chaplaincy as well, that if someone is loved and listened to um, and is helped, and when they become vulnerable, they're accepted and not condemned, they're not judged, I, I think they're my dues for, for everybody in the church sure. uh, as we come out there. And, and classically burnout, um, which, which is a topic that many church leaders face, is, is often linked to, um, it would seem, to sometimes belief patterns that have developed in childhood. Without any question, I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, often uh, as children, we can be striving to gain the acceptance of yeah. people around us. Uh, and it's very easy as a leader. I mean, I face it myself. You know, I, you know, how, how can I gain I say gain favorite but you know what must what must I do to to be accepted in my role um and and, and to be seen as uh, a success if you like yeah. and and I think um no it, that that's come slowly over time to me that actually um it's not about doing stuff to be a success it's it's about doing what you're called to in, mm. in God's eyes, and actually letting God take some of the strain rather than <laughs> than than, than uh, feeling you've got to do it all. But no, there are times when you feel that pressure, and I think for me, I, I would certainly say I've 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 walked close to the edge a couple of times, and and I've looked down in the abyss, and I've thought that's not a place that <laughs> I want to be, and I've 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 mm. consciously been able to walk back, but. Um, no, but I, and I say that by the grace of God because I could easily have seen myself go over that edge. Um, so I think you know we 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 are all, all vulnerable to these issues, uh, and I think it's just recognizing that we're vulnerable can sometimes be helpful. Mm. Yeah, we find in a sense we find strategies in childhood to enable us to cope with difficult experiences. No one sits a little boy down or a little girl down and says. You know, if you do really well at school or you do 
you work hard to be accepted by other people or you become a people pleaser, that will get you through. No one sits down and explains that. There's an instinctive development in, in childhood in order to survive really difficult events. And the person often doesn't realise that they take that through into adult life with them. Um, and, and that's been true for my life. I, I had some really difficult experiences in childhood. And one of my strategies was work really hard, um, be a perfectionist in a sense. And there's a there's a good part in that, in, in that the college probably wouldn't have had the BA in counselling developed and some of the mm. programmes that we've developed. But if I'm doing that at the expense of my own physical health and my own spiritual health, then that's when it starts to become unhealthy. And I think the more we learn about ourselves, the better. One of the things that um, the programmes that we we put on, they are counselling programmes, they are spiritual formation programmes to help others, but we actually start by asking the person to look at themselves and to find healing for themselves, which is why I think we've had so much feedback from our graduates that they are they've been transformational yeah they've i changed. think i think it's it's one of the things that uh, when i joined i say I'm, I'm not a counselor so i i joined on, on day one i knew nothing <laughs> about this world and um but i had a long career in higher education and so when i f walked in and i sat down on my first day with some students at, at lunch and i asked the first one how long have you been studying with us and she said oh i've, I've been coming for the last 11 years uh, doing different courses and i and i spoke to the second one and how long have you been coming and she she said, 13 years. Mm. I, I knew at that point that I'd, we had no worries about the quality yes. of what we were doing because people would not keep coming back if, if it wasn't mm. of, of a good standard. And I'm really glad that Heather is a perfectionist because <laughs> I'm not. So we compliment. We work very well together. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but this is the thing. As an educationist, I knew we were doing something really well, good, and, and actually, it's been really fascinating for me because I've, I've I've picked up bits as I've mm. gone along, and I understand some mm. of my own my own motivation a bit better now. Oh. But 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 actually, trying to create a framework uh, in which uh, people can go on that journey, um, because a lot of people uh, they start that journey not with a mental health issue, but with a life issue. You know, they're a bit down. They're not, necess not necessarily depressed. But because you're a bit down, you might then be vulnerable to the, the, the echoes of the past to behave in mm. no, ways which are not helpful. And that can then lead you on the journey to either poor behaviours mm. or into a mental health issue. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, we've got we've got about a minute minute left, and uh, obviously we've 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 dipped into the whole area of mental health, and I'm grateful for you guys. But obviously, some folk are thinking, I, have you got any books or, or resources that might might be healthy for us to to dip into if they want to think about these things a bit more detail? Yeah, I mean, I think CWR do some an amazing insight books, insight into depression, insight into anxiety. I've written a couple, insight into shame, insight into. Uh, childhood sexual abuse. They're really good books for um, lay people to to access. Whether you're suffering from that condition yourself or whether you're coming alongside or helping others or even if you're a count trained counsellor and you want to develop an expertise in that area, um, they are very, very good resources. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is something where we, we continue to try and develop. Obviously, you know, in many ways, our, our strength as a college is in the actual training and education mm. that we provide. 
you've been listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm delighted that uh, Bob Stradling and Heather Churchill have been able to join us on uh, looking at mental health issues. So thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having uh, us. And thank you for, for joining us. Do uh, log on to Premier's website and uh, you can find archive versions of the Leadership File. You can go to iTunes and Podbean if those things mean anything to you. You may be already listening via one of those uh, devices. Uh, it's been great to discover that uh, people from over 100 countries are downloading uh, these shows and uh, listening in their particular part of the world. So if you're from one of those countries outside the UK, it's great that you could uh, could join us and uh, do continue to listen. So look forward to your company again next uh, Sunday at 3.30 or uh, via the podcast as you wish. God bless. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apec at cwr.org.uk.